Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcasts at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number. This is episode 153. Thank you so much for checking us out this week. After that performance at St. Mary's, this isn't going to be a fun one for us. Um, perhaps perhaps you're a masochist. Perhaps you're just treating this episode as therapy. Whatever. Uh, we're in this together. We have you back. So we win together. We lose together. Uh, joining me to discuss this delightful match, we have the returning Tim Bizantz. Uh He'll also give us a preview of the next fixture. More London opposition as we try try, try to entertain the fans at home to Arsenal next Saturday. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, let's get him in. And Tim, 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 Tim. What an awful afternoon that was. Um, try and summarise that in 30 seconds if you can. So I'm sitting here at the beach trying to enjoy my vacation and thinking about it and watching this game and thinking, what am I doing? Why am I watching this game? And the, to quickly even summarize less than that is we were pathetic. We gave up and we didn't care. That's essentially that is what we saw, wasn't it? And yeah. And well, if we just go away from the football for just a second, you know, you, you, you said you're on the beach. It's your weekend away. It's your holiday vacation, as you call it. Um. You're at the beach, I understand. Uh, I'm just so sorry to you that you're uh, 
your bliss has been ruined by this football club once again. I have become a fan of this club to be to recognize to and expect to win every week. Um, I expect though the team to go out there and push, put in a shift, put in a performance that, while if they lost two zero or even three zero and had blips of attack going forward, albeit the one uh, cross that KWP had into Adams. Uh, besides that, it was just absolutely atrocious. And it's the game. It's we have this one game every year, and now mentioning the previous nine zero losses. Um, the only thing that saved us was, well, two things. One, we didn't have a red card and they wanted to let up as they've got to play against, they got to play Real Madrid midweek. Yeah, that was nice of them, wasn't it? Just to take their foot off just for a bit. Um, I mean, I stayed to the bitter end and it was difficult for me to actually to stay. I mean, at half time, I was just thinking I could just go now, you know, cause I'm not feeling too good. And yeah, I, I, but I stayed to the end and you know what else? I, I actually applauded them off the field at the end. And then, you know, I felt like an ass doing it, but. Like I said, we win together and we lose together, so that was it. But before we get into all that nonsense, uh, a reminder, if you appreciate what we do uh, and you feel you'd like to buy us a pint, then please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Thank you. Um, Tim, we've got a little bit of news to get into. Let's do it. This is ITN in that number news. Okay. Well, excuse me. ITN news then. Uh, we'll start uh, the elephant in the room, I guess. Matt Letizio. Um, he stepped down from his role as a Saints ambassador following yet another controversial tweet. Uh, I don't want to get into the actions too much of what he said, but suffice to say, he has admitted it was the wrong thing to do. Um, and also that stepping down from his role was the correct thing to do for the club. I guess, you know, the attention needs to be taken away from them. Um, but <laughs> we're still talking about it. So I don't want to give it any credence, really. But, Tim, you know, he was wrong to tweet such nonsense, but he was right to step down. I think he was forced to step down. He didn't have a cho- he didn't have a choice. He, he Well, he did have a choice. He could step down on his own or he could have the club was going to let him go at that point. And as the old adage goes, sometimes it's better to say nothing than to say anything else, anything at all. Yeah, just get off Twitter, Matt. Just just do it. Just save yourself. It, it needs to be done. Um, good bit of news. Uh, 17-year-old striker Don Ballard has signed his first pro contract. Um, yes, having a breakout season in the under-18s and the B team this campaign. He's had five goals in the Premier League 2 and a further 13 at under-18 level doing all the right things and you know this contract is is totally totally deserved he's earned it i mean he's also earned a call up to the england under 17s it's a dream come true for him really and you know something that he wasn't you know even thinking wasn't on his mind at the start of the season so now that he's done that yeah it's just brilliant good luck to the lad tim this is something that you've had your eye on i know um because you sent me the message and and, and informed me of it liverpool uh the change of time it's sunday the 15th of may 6 30 kickoff and that would be on sky sports no, it's a 4.30 kickoff, stupid. Yeah, so 4.30 kickoff on a Sunday. I'm supposed to be going to that game, so it'll be really interesting to see how everything shakes out. And uh, I don't know how you feel about it with your work schedule. I just uh, late afternoon on a Sunday and kind of a long build-up going into uh, what would hopefully be not a performance like this, like we had yesterday. 
Yeah, that's that. Yeah, Sky have just pissed all over my schedule, really, and not only my work schedule, but the recording schedule for the for the pod as well. So um, so yeah. But I mean, you're here for that, so we're gonna we're gonna party regardless of the score. Tim, some some transfer news uh, in the week. Well, actually, some departures. Uh, it has been said that Nathan Redmond, Theo Walcott, and Musa Gineppo, um that we're listening to offers for the trio. I mean, I'm not really surprised with Theo, to be honest. You know, he's fizzled out of the side this season following some well, uninspiring performances, shall we say. Um, Gineppo, though, it kind of surprised me. I mean, mostly because, I mean, I know the fans have lost patience with him. and But I still see him as a project for Ralph, and I didn't think that Ralph would be giving up, giving up on him this early. Um, but having said that, you know, he hasn't been involved recently. And I think if, you know, Elian Nussi hadn't returned to the fray, then possibly Ralph would have given him more minutes. Um, Redmond, I guess maybe it's time for him to move on. Really, he hasn't been the problem, but, you know, he hasn't found those heights from a couple of seasons ago. I mean, how, how do you feel about the three, Tim? So let's do the easy one. That's Theo Walcott. Uh, he He's done. Now, I don't think there's any value for him. I think they're going to have to, if he's going to want to have any sort of game time, he's going to have to be loaned to a championship squad, and we're going to eat the majority of his wages. Uh, with Redmond and Gineppo themselves, I think both of those are the mindset that with the new ownership model, that they're looking to bring in some new, fresh young blood, and now is attacking ten role, you know, hybrid ten roles in the four-two-two-two type position. Nathan Redmond being one year remaining on his contract, uh, twenty-eight years old, is going to find some sort of market for him. Now it's going to be probably a small amount of money that they're going to be able to get for him. And then I also think Gineppo, who has probably the most value out of the three of them, once again, may not be a fit in the system, may not be set up exactly what they're looking for. Uh, but I think that's where the ownership is coming in and wanting to get that fr- uh, the fresh, the fresh blood, the fresh and new people and get them into that. And if that rumor with Tete, uh, the Shakhtar Donetsk player mm-hmm. is one of them, that would be taking over one, both of their all through well, all three of their spots but one definitely in that Gineppo type of potential project role with high influence value coming through uh I think they're just trying to cut uh, cut their losses and get what they can and I think Gineppo will have a couple you know they'll maybe be able to get 5 million for him mm-hmm. and Redmond might be able to get um 3 to 5 as well so that'll help fund half of a player that will be, say, the 17 or 18 million that's going to cost for Tete or anybody else. Yeah, and I mean, it depends if you know the people, the buyers want to be patient with with uh, Gineppo to be whether to have the patience with him to, to to bring him up through the ranks like like we were supposed to be doing. And if you look at our business in the transfer market, the, the need to improve certain positions in this wide hybrid number 10 role. That hasn't been a problem for us in the past. You know, we've got the deep options. We've had that. Um, but if, for argument's sake, all three of them leave, um, then you do have some holes, even if you're getting one person coming in, because you've got Stu, Elianusi, and Teller, and maybe this, this this new signing. Unless, of course, Ralph sees a future with a back three, and then he uses Tino and Perro as wingbacks. But I don't really want to go down that route again. Yeah, absolutely. It's tricky. And then you've got Smallbone. If he's going to be in that type of role, we've seen Diallo kind of slot in and they use more of like a 4-3-3 type of model. Um, I think there's fluidity there. And getting, if all three of those go uh, one and yes, potentially even two getting back into it, 
and see if we're going to have anybody that's going to come up from the youth ranks to slot in. Uh, with the Brentford type of model, you see a lot of people being promoted from the B squad into the A squad. Uh, so it's, it'll be tricky to see, but I think definitely it's the ownership that's pushing for this alongside Ralph saying, all right, let's get the money in that we can. Uh, Walcott just hopefully, you know, wherever he'd like to go, you know, just go off and play. And from there, uh, you know, just move on to the next year. Yep. Deadwood out. That's the way it is. <clears throat> Simeu at Carlisle United, Tim. He's picked up another book in yesterday in their uh, 1-0 home loss to Exeter. Not surprised anymore. Do you know, it's a sixth yellow in 15, in 15 appearances. Yikes. Let's go in, son. He's just playing aggressive. I like it, but, you know, it's, it's a tough old league down there in League One. It's just lumps kicked out of you every single week. So it's going to hold him good in the Premier League, I think. The B team... Uh, no, no action for the B team, of course, because they haven't. They're on this layoff at the moment, and they don't play till Monday, the 25th of April, at Newcastle. Uh, but the women's it gives me great pleasure to talk about the women as usual. Every single week, they seem to amaze me, and you know that that huge game over title rivals Ipswich, top two clash at Ipswich. I mean, who needs City Liverpool, right? Uh, and we won two one. So from one down as well, Lucia Kendall and Ella Pusey with the goals. So that's one point behind now with two games in hand and the three points ahead of third-placed Oxford with a game in hand over them. So it's all good for them. Um, next up, they play today. They kick off at about 20 minutes' time at 2 o'clock, um, Sunday the 10th of April, at home to Hounslow. Um, and incidentally, uh, they are at St Mary's on Wednesday the 20th of April against them lot up the road. Um, so let's fill the stadium as much as we can. Uh, give the girls all the support they deserve in this epic season that has been. And tickets, adult tickets, are just £3 and under-18s are free. It's the Easter holidays. You know, it's a Wednesday evening. Get down to St Mary's and see them beat the blue lot. Um, again, that's Wednesday, the 20th of April at St Mary's, and that's a quarter to eight kickoff. So, yeah, let's cheer them on. Um, Tim, should we get into our therapy session? <laughs> let's do it. Dean Hammond here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay, then, uh, let's get into this game and get it out of the way, I suppose. Um, never been a good record against Chelsea, of course. Winning just once in the last 12 in the league. Uh, but that happened to be a 2-0 win at Stamford Bridge in 2019. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Um, and then St Mary's in the league, uh, they played 13, won just once, and that came back in 2013, and that was Jay Rodriguez and Ricky Lambert. Uh, they scored the goals there. Uh, home home record taking an all-familiar end-of-the-season dive. Lost the last two there, of course. The last time we lost three in a row was last February. Uh, and we've done that again. Um, and as the season fizzles out uncomfortably again, and a huge, humiliating, crushing 6-0 defeat. Marcus Alonso, Mason Mount with two, Timo Werner with two, and Kai Havertz complete the route. Oh, boy. Two changes, Tim. Both Armstrongs in. Uh, Breuer ineligible, of course. Diallo on the bench. Long out with an ankle injury, incidentally. Tim, I, I wasn't feeling top-notch prior to this kickoff, and, you know, I had an early start at work. It was a tough morning. Um, I was tired and grumpy, like usual. And this was all before the kickoff. So, you know, it, it was just the longest second half that I can ever remember watching. And as I mentioned on the top of the show, I had to fight to stay until the end, but, but stay I did. And the second half just seemed to be a blur, really, because I spent most of it just looking at my palms. Just couldn't believe what I was watching. Uh, just 
just a horrible day in general, horrible afternoon, very, very tough to watch for everyone. And I'm trying to keep a cool head on things as well, because we, we just cannot allow this to happen again. One a season, it's plenty, it really is. Um, and I have to admit, I, I, I thought when it was five, we were heading for another nine. And I remember looking over at Ralph when it when the sixth went in, and I just thought, this poor guy is going to go through it again. Uh, and we all, I mean, we all went through it again. And okay, it wasn't nine, but let's face it, Chelsea could have had a lot more, but they took their foot off, like you mentioned. Yeah, and for whatever reason, it just happens to be the one game, and it could be a perfect storm of a lot of things. They could have had the same mentality and the build up going into it, but for whatever reason, and that could have been, it's going to be probably a little bit of everything. Uh, some tactics on their side. They're three, four, one, two. They're able to blend in and find those half spaces and find the breakdowns. And we went for it. We were definitely pushing high, pushing fast, and pushing strong. And you could too see high immediate- again. Yeah, you could see immediately that they're gonna they were gonna pummel us from within the first couple minutes. Uh, not not showing where your angle is at, but the TV angles, you could see all the space that they had with it with within the positioning. Everything was just completely. Oh, it, it was just. I mean, it was bad from the start, and we 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 went out and we went after it, and that's to the to our benefit that we've been able to hold against against teams like City and we you know teams like United, but today was just not our day. Um, but this is pathetic. And it was do, completely pathetic. Do we need to, does Ralph need to just take a step back and say, okay, let's just, you know, before game, obviously, and just say, look, let's, let's do a Burnley here. Let's just try and shut up shop and not concede. Just go out and play not to win, uh, not to lose rather. I mean, does that need to happen sometimes on Ralph's part? You know, I've, I've got, I'm, I'm not going to knock him for wanting to go for it. I do recognize though, that there is the need and that's where he's played that three at the back with the right center back of Valerie. Um, I just, he needs to recognize and make the tactical switch quickly there on. He didn't make it quick enough because once we got into two, once we got into three, I mean, they had their third goal in the 22nd minute. Once that hit, all of a sudden we needed to switch. And that's what, that the fourth goal came in with Kai and we need, we didn't make those switches quick enough. So once we saw the three, three zero, he needs the shift immediately. Uh, I don't yeah. think he did. I don't think he did it quick enough. That's all. That I mean, that's that's he's been criticised for that in the past, hasn't he? Just like his in-game management doesn't. It's, it's just not enough. Um, but Tim, I, w- I want to cast your mind back to your preview last week. Um, Chelsea coming off the back of that four-one humiliation to Brentford, of course, and you know they were preparing for a home tie against Real Madrid, which they'd go on to lose three-one. Uh, then would come to us in the middle of the return in Madrid. Um, and then, you know, I remember what you said. They're going to look. They, they could, as a chance, they could overlook us. <laughs> no such luck. Um, and my question to you then was: Are we going to kick them whilst they're down, or are we going to feel the full force of this backlash? And that is exactly what we got. Yeah, they took out all of their frustration on us. They said, <laughs> "Okay, we just dealt with, you know, we just dealt with Real Madrid all week. We're just going to look at these guys and they think they're just a level championship club. We can just push right through them." And that's what they did. They yeah. found the half spaces, the chances. I mean, if Conte is pushing that far forward and being involved in their attack, something's wrong. <laughs> he's he's their six. He's yeah. holding back completely, and he he 
if he is the one who is a, a significant attacking a threat, where is everybody else involved in there? Well, they're also attacking, and it, it, we just couldn't stop them. Not at all. It looked like they could score with every single every single chance. But I mean, it was quite open at the start. At the very start, this is before the first one went in. So I'm talking first eight minutes. Um, and if anything, we were on the front foot. It looked like because we forced a mistake from Rudiger straight away, and we looked threatening from the opening corner. And then as soon as that happened, you know, they were straight up the other end and then Timo Werner hits the post. And then right there, you're thinking, oh, shit, you know, this is going to be a long day. Um, and then Salisu making a, one of many costly, costly mistakes and uh, Timo Werner hits the woodwork again. This time he hits the bar. And right there, it's just like, OK, there's some early warning signs here. They can just carve through our defence at ease. But you're thinking, you, you know, you hit the woodwork twice inside of six minutes. There's something not quite right here. And we're not going to ride this luck for much longer. Uh, but, you know, the ball was in the middle of the park quite a lot. And when, but whenever Chelsea had the ball in our half, they, they looked like they were going to score, didn't they? And it was, well, I mean, I don't know how Ralph saw it. Obviously, he didn't. Um, but we're just not at the races defensively. And, and that would never, ever improve throughout the game. Absolutely. So when you're looking at the shots in the heat map, so they had 24 shots to our four 14 shots on target. Tina Wormer hitting the post. Now, hitting the perfect trifecta of the post. The yeah, left both one, the right on one. The bar, yeah. yeah, the left one, the right one, and the crossbar. If his bad luck allows him to get back into the game, it's, it's, it was just an absolute drubbing. So, yeah. looking through, looking through it all, uh, once again, I mentioned if Conte is pushing forward, uh, allowing that within Mount, Havertz, and Werner, rotating off the front pieces and just looking through it all. If Loftus-Cheek didn't, Cheek didn't even have to have any defensive duties and he's playing that right wing back role, Alonso in the first goal just having that completely, just was completely open and albeit, you know, Mount had an amazing uh, awareness just to be able to dink it over the top of his shoulder with the pass and just a complete, you know, straight in shot. I, I, I mean, I don't know where to go. I don't know. Like I want to provide some quality analysis and say where, you know, exactly where it was, but well, it's uh, just there. It's just, we'll, we'll, we'll try. <laughs> we'll, we will try. I mean, yeah, the, the opening guy, the Alonso one that you mentioned, I mean, First of all, Bednarik and Salisu, just awful positioning. And Loftus-Cheek is in the space, and it's very easy little little chip to, to Mason Mount, who has got acres of space. Bednarik and Salisu seemingly marking each other. Good job. Mount finds Marcus Alonso, who's also in acres of space, and is able to have a clear shot on goal. And that's it, 1-0. But Ward-Prowse, in the build-up to that goal, allowed Mason Mount just to run through. That was really poor. He didn't stick with him. Um, it is very easy to blame the back two because they were terrible, but that goal started in the middle where the players were just allowed to roam free. So that um, that's not the sort of thing that Ward-Prowse does. But yeah, that, that's just an awful goal all round for everyone involved. Yeah, Romeo and Ward-Prowse look leggy. Uh, this is the worst game, and well, yeah, it's the worst game for the entire team, but definitely the worst game that I've seen ever yep. from Great. Romeo and Ward-Prowse. And... <laughs> I, I, you can, you can knock the nine zeros because we're down to 10, but you mentioned the change in form, formation right there when we've gotten draw, drawn in and the first goal with Mount, uh, with Mount being able to just pop it right over to Alonso. If we had that fifth defender back, 
if we had that fifth defender, you, in theory, that person, that fifth defender that would have been the right, uh, would have been the right back there would have had Alonzo marked. In theory, unless he was marking his own player. Cor- uh, correct, <laughs> correct, correct. And so everybody got shifted, uh, shifted too far in and, you could see that throughout the entire game that we were exposed on the wings. So allowing Loftus-Cheek, allowing Lonzo to get forward. I mean, Lonzo doesn't go go backward. He's not as much of a defender. And Loftus-Cheek is, is a center mid. He's out there playing right wing back, which is crazy enough to think about as well. Um, but if we're not able to find those shifts and find the positioning, solidifying that D first is important before we can actually even go forward. And we thought um, we can just attack Loftus-Cheek. We thought we could attack Alonzo. And that's where Walker Peters and Livermento were out of position there. And we didn't have that fifth person back. What could have been done? Legging is for May Ward-Prowse. Wrap it all up together. And yeah. it, it, it just a drubbing, complete drubbing from there. Do you, do you ever remember a game? I mean, you can take those nine nils and look at them. Do you ever remember a game where we gave a team so much space? And bearing in mind, we had ten men there. We had 11 men yesterday, and it looked like we were playing with like eight. I don't know if that was just Chelsea making us look look like that, or just not at the races. I think it may, maybe it's a bit of both. Well, it's definitely a bit of both. Just I cannot remember seeing players with so much space. Uh, Liverpool earlier this year. Now, if I'm going back the last few years, I'm sure I could probably find something where you know the game that we tried playing Stevens at center uh, at center mid, even though mm. we. That game was a little rough, but we tried to basically uh, put up put up a high block, and they were still able to completely navigate through us. Um, but I think Liverpool this year was all, the only other time that I can think of where we had they just, I mean, completely gave up possession. And we're looking at seventy thirty here, and it seemed like they had the more of the ball than even seventy thirty. Yeah, and but at this point. You know, we still had some hope going forward. And there was a moment where Prousey pinged a free kick into a dangerous area. And on another day, I mean, who knows? But, you know, the first half alone, that was probably, that was it. That was our chances, wasn't it? You know, the one from the corner at the start and then that free kick swung in, which no player got a touch on it. Um, But we we did keep them out for another eight minutes. And Mount doubles the lead uh, when once again, we just can't deal with it. And I just want to say Mount Celebration putting his finger on his lips to shut up the crowd. That were already silent, by the way. He did that right in front of me, and that made my blood boil. The fans are already silent. You've already shut us up with the first goal, and you've hit the crossbar God knows how many times, and then you go and put your fucking finger to your lip, you twat. No, you were there. You could feel the pain directly even more so than me watching it from 4,000 miles away. Oh, just not quick enough to close down Mount at all. I mean, there's a, I think it was Romeo who was just slow getting to Mount and couldn't clear it firstly. And then, oh, God, just there you think, well, this is going to be a really, really long afternoon, isn't it? And from then, you know, Chelsea toyed with the possession. We, we were just chasing shadows. And and they just opened us up at every chance. And as as bad as we were throughout... I mean, I am going to say that Chelsea, it was their best performance of the season. And I don't just mean the goal tally. I mean, the way they moved and the way they created space space for each other. It was all one-touch football at one point and, and in the middle of the park. And if you're a Chelsea fan, then, you, you know, it's good to see. Uh, I just think, yeah, you're going to look at this and say this is awful. But we did catch them at a very bad time. They were on the backlash. And, and I think Thomas Tuchel was a fantastic coach. 
And I think he had them set up for this perfectly and they just capitalized their best performance, our worst performance. And this is, this is the result. Absolutely. We, we allowed them to have close to, if not perfection for it. So Tuchel will go back and say, here is what we did extremely well. But in fact, we should also be looking at how we were poor and, you know, we, we were, we were too aggressive to be able to handle it. And once we saw that they were able to find those spaces and have that beautiful movement, and you said it was just for a, you know, a few pieces here and there were, were one touch. The majority of the game was one touch to them. Mm. As soon as they got possession, as soon as they were able to see it, um, we were able to dispossess them more 18 times throughout the game. And that's because of the one touch and they may not necessarily have played a clear ball, but every time they were able to get forward with those one touches, the two touches that you, you just mentioned, that's where the breaks came through. And there were just so many of them that it just, it, it didn't, it just didn't feel good. It just gave me a pit in my stomach. Yeah. I mean, I talk about Forster for a bit as well because poor, 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 poor bloke. I mean, you let in six goals, but some of the saves he made were, were, were fantastic. That point blank save from Werner was great. I made a couple of saves towards the end of the, of the half. You know, that, uh, the one from the, uh, that, that caused the corner from a mount shot and then the one, the Loftus cheek header where he kind of scraped the ball off the line. Fantastic saves. Uh, I mean, he, he looked really good. I mean, it, it was like a massive, there's a there's a massive data set that he could have gone gone through and been able to see from it. So let's take that as an opportunity to evaluate him and his performance and what it is going going through it. Because if he's able to make such a significant amount of saves, I mean there are a couple of chips, especially when Conte is trying to catch the keeper there, and he was just get that big paw away from him. Now they'll it drop right into Werner's lap, which he was able to score. Um, but yeah, uh, no one watching him again, by the way, for that one. Yeah, on that side, so everybody getting drawn in. Uh, he he played fantastically for what he was able to do, and he saved us from that nine zero drubbing. I guess so. I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, the third came Timo Werner from our own attack. Uh, Prousey with the with the blunder, terrible, terrible header, very unlike Prousey again. Um, Werner has the pace to, to zoom past Bednarik, and that was it. Game over after 13 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, that was with, tw- with Warner's goal in the 22nd minute there, it was just that's where they, everything should have changed. And Ralph didn't do that. He let for the next 10 minutes on to let continued shot after shot after shot. And then another fourth goal saying that we, we need to settle up shop and he, you know better. You recognize that you've been through these drubbings. Take it, you know, set up shop, you know, park the bus, do whatever you need to, need to do. Keep because, it at three, yeah. Yeah. Keep it at three. If you, if you let in one more and the, you get, you get a four zero drubbing and you get another one in the 70th minute from them. So be it. Four zero, three, three zero. You can, you can take that and run with it, but six zero, you see them on the, on the scoreboard and, Next year, you're going to be like, you know what? We screwed up. We messed up and we didn't do enough there to, ch- to make that. And that was one, that was our worst game of the year. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to defend Ralph because I will do. Um, the, the, the Ralph out again, they, they've come out. They're all over the place. And okay, I, it's fine. I understand it's your opinion, but the fourth goal, the Habits goal, that's Salisu's fault. That's 100% on Salisu. 
you've just got to deal with that. You've got, you, you've got to get rid of it. You, you had so many options there, but he decided to play his way out of trouble, or try to play his way out of, way out of trouble. Kick it into Rosette if you have to. Knock it back to Forster. Kick it out for a fucking corner. I don't care. Just do not try and take it round Havertz when your back is towards him. And, you know, you've got, you've got Kai Havertz, you've got Timo Werner closing you down. And he, he knows he's done the wrong thing. And then he looks for a foul. Um, Kevin Friend, I mean, we, we'll get to him in a bit. but And he was taking abuse for that. But, I mean, looking back at that, that wasn't even a free kick. He was just looking for it. Once he dribbled it into trouble, he was just like, right, I'm going to have to go down there. But 100% of that blame has to go to Salisu for that. You cannot give any blame for Ralph for certain mistakes like that. You just can't teach that. It's just something that you should know. Just get rid of the ball. That's unforgivable at that stage. And and then Timo's, of course, he's, he's allowed to run three defenders. And then he hits the post again for his hat-trick of woodworks. And then Havertz gets the rebound. But nothing on Ralph for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the Ward Prowse and with Salisu there, two of our uh, goals were purely based on errors. Uh, but if you look at the quality of play beyond those two errors that led to the goals, you still could have easily had a 6-0 or even worse based on Warner's lack of being able to finish in some cases and uh, and just a couple other different unlucky pieces that just did not go our way and it was just it was just shit all around. Yeah, and then Ralph made that change on the 36th minute. You know, Romeo comes off, Valerie comes on. Um, nothing seemed to work then. Um, and like I said before, every single attack from Chelsea, it was either going in or it was being saved by Forster. And it might as well have been a training session for Chelsea at that point because, you know, space and time are plenty. Um, 4-0 at the half. And as, as I said before, it took a lot for me to stay because I really wasn't feeling it before the game. And 4-0 up at half, I just thought, oh, my God, you know, this is only going to go and get worse. But, I'm, I mean, I'm, I must love the pain, I guess, because I stayed through it. And and then there's a point, I mean, Adam Armstrong comes off with Diallo in the second half. I guess now, I mean, he probably said to him, let's just try and limit the Chelsea goals and, and, and deep, maybe just try and stop their chances at least. And the, the game is over. We know that. At 4-0, it's over. So just give give it everything you've got. And for goodness sake, don't concede any more goals. But inevitably, it, it, it got worse. And I, do you know what, Tim? I don't even think we had a back four in the early stages of that second half. I mean, Kante running free in the midfield, like you mentioned, that's not his role. He doesn't need to do that. Um, how can you let him run? <laughs> Where's the defence? They, they were just parted wide. And the midfield as well. It's just... Kante runs, gets a shot off, and like you mentioned, yeah, Werner's got the rebound, and he's got the space again, and that's it, 5-0. Great, great defending again. Yeah, when Valerie came on, they dropped to a 5-3-2, basically giving up Romeu and having yep. Lelianusi and Armstrong and, and Ward-Prowse just clog the middle up the best that they could. And that they they didn't let a – so congrats. You didn't let a goal in for the next 15 minutes after Havertz uh, got his fourth in the 31st minute. Okay, so now you, you take off Adam Armstrong, you put Diallo on. So now you're at a 5-4-1. You're really trying to solidify, and you're like, well, what the hell? All of a sudden, you've got two more goals in the next 10 minutes, and you're sitting there thinking, it's happening. It's going to happen again. And I could not – could not – could not just watch genuinely watch the game as closely as I could until I recognized that they just started giving up. Yeah, they really they really did. 
Uh, I saw that once you, once Tiago Silva got taken out, once they, uh, once Ziyech just kind of come in, just want to dribble the ball around. I mean, it, 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 there was less progression for them going forward. There's less urgency. There was less of that, uh, the, cons- you know, the consistent one touch, two touch passes. And I, I, I started to slowly breathe out little here and there, but was scared that anything could happen. And at that point, yeah, um, I was, <laughs> I mean, something amazing happened at that point, Tim. Che had a shot, <laughs> but <laughs> I missed it because after the fifth went in, I got up to go to the toilet and, you know, I, I, I'm in there in the loo and I hear the groans from the fans and I just assumed, oh, Chelsea have come close again. They've got, they've got a sixth or they're close to it. But it wasn't until I watched the highlights that I saw that, that Che had that shot. And our only shot, and I fucking missed it. So that's that's perfect. Um, and then Mount does make it six, of course, and defence there just just not interested. Like you said, it looked like they gave up. They were just too slow, and that was just awful all around there. And it was just just easy. And Ralph had said post game that we had a lack of everything, and I think that's kind of well, that's putting it kindly, isn't it? We just yeah. Uh, there's there's so many words that you can. Nothing really truly makes sense outside of just complete sh- kick in the nuts. Yeah, it's just oh, it, it's, it's dreadful and it, it definitely a bad time to play them. Um, I, I'm going to pose this to you, Tim. If Chelsea hadn't had such a bad week, if they didn't lose to Brentford and they didn't lose to, to Real Madrid, uh, do we lose this game by as much? I mean, it, were they just relentless from the off because they, you know, well, it was clear that they wanted it more, but because. You know, that's what Thomas Tuchel said. You know, we want to concentrate on Real Madrid. We need to go back to Madrid and turn around a 3-1 deficit. Um, they, his message to them was probably, let's get at them quick. Let's get at them early. If that hadn't happened, would we have seen, you know, their best performance of the season? So I think that we would have lined up the same way. And I think they would have lined up the same way. So I think I the so odd... I'm, not con- I'm not convinced that they would have done. No, I, I, th- I think they would have gone out and just... And tried I, to put, I, I think Lukaku would have come on, even though he's, they, they said he was injured. I think he would have played. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they wanted to because they feel that Lukaku is a better matchup for the for the centre backs to Real Madrid. And I'm not here to talk about uh, the Champions League since it's less of a desire of mine to think of than <laughs> than, than Southampton, which is crazy. I think, which is that, crazy that's enough. crazy, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think they would have came out and played. I mean, they may have rotated a couple different players, but the exact same uh, format and then the exact same push. Now, if different players would have played, whatever it might have been, um, so be it. I think that if you put this lineup out, uh, our lineup out against them, and this lineup that they put out against us, I still think that there's a better chance that you're not going to get a six-year drubbing. I think you could get a 3-0, a 3-1, a 4-1 on their end. Um, but I don't think 6-0. I think luck was not in our favor at the beginning. And also the the, the way that we were pushing too far forward and being aggressive was uh, was a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ke- uh, Kevin Friend, <laughs> a word on him. Uh, he is, without a doubt, the, the most biased referee I have ever seen he's biased to the top four because I've never seen a ref like him I mean Mike Dean seems to hate Saints and whenever he plays us it's always a controversial decision from him but Kevin Friend he just seems to love City Liverpool Chelsea Spurs and and it always seems to come at our expense 
and I'm not saying that you know another ref bit had you know had another ref been in charge then we would have won because you know that's ridiculous far from it it's just those little niggling fouls in open play that he lets Chelsea get away with and then he punishes us every single time for it his performance was arguably worse than ours and that's fucking saying something jeez yeah I always just expect that the refs are not going to ever be in our favor. I think they're always going to be against us. Now, if that's just a personal bias or that's just a mentality that I have going into it, it's somebody you got to be able to play against the entire the entire game. Did you feel that it was a bit biased though? Did you, did you feel from watching it on them? Um, I don't know what you were watching it on, but did you did, did the commentators did the, did um the did anyone did any of the pundits say that oh you know he's letting Chelsea get away with stuff that he's he's punishing us for? Did anybody pick that up? No, USA was not, uh, not saying anything, not interested about it at all. And at that point in time, I'm just so dejected that nothing, everything is pain at that point. So I think looking at the ref's call is if that's, that's the least of my concerns, more so than our leaky back line. It was painful all around. And, and the stats too, I know you've brought up a couple of them. Uh, 31% possessions, not good enough. Uh, one shot on target to their 14. Again, not good enough. That's four shots in total to their 24. Mendy had that one save to make. Forster saved eight of the 14. And five of them were, were fantastic. So five of the eight. Yeah, really, really good save. Um, the XG, Tim. Um, what do you think our XG was? Or do you know? Uh, I don't. So I'm going to go with with the chase shot is probably the only thing that even hit the blip. And don't oh. forget that chase shot. It was wide open, right? There was nobody in front of him. It was not a block, so that would that was a good chance. Absolutely. So I'm going to give a point four for his shot, and that's it. That's it. That's 0. it. Point five. Not point five. Okay. And then of course because of that, uh, Kyle Walker Peters who put the cross in got a 0. 0.4 on the XA. Um, but yeah, 0. 0.5 XG for our whole game compared to their. Uh, I'm, it's probably not even going to be. Maybe it's not going to be that high. So I'm going to go with like 2.88 or close to three. 4.2. Okay, well. <laughs> That's just a huge golfing class all over the place. That just tells you everything you need to know. Um, Tim, I, I think this is going to be quite an easy question, but, I, you know, it's probably the same as mine. Uh, man of the match for you? It is crazy to think about that in a 6-0 drubbing that the best player on the pitch is your keeper. <laughs> so, Forster it is. Yep, and that was the only time that I smiled during this entire weekend was because of the saves from Fraser Forster. Uh, the hand from the deflected Loftus cheek header was world class, I think. And yeah, like you said, ridiculous to say that you let in six and you're man of the match, but it just goes to show how terrible we were. Eight saves, as I said, made, and, and majority needed to be excellent, and they were. Uh, and you have to feel sorry for him because his defence just totally let, let him down, just parted, and, and you know just let him face the music. Um, and if you if you dig a little bit deeper into the stats, I did I did have to to look a little bit further. Uh, Stuart Armstrong pressed the most you know um, and he had the most touches most tackles and most passes so yeah uh Stuart Armstrong but again not his best performance but I just felt it was uh it was worth you know mentioning that Stuart Armstrong wasn't the worst thing that happened to this team yeah our the worst the worst players were the, the were the center of the park so Salisu, Bernard, Wood Prowse, Romeo they were that's I mean that's why Romeo got taken off in the 35th minute Diallo didn't do much but at that point in time you're literally just he couldn't. Trying to banish, banish the wounds. Absolutely, yeah. This is Klaus Lundekram, and you are listening to In That Number. 
so Tim, uh, we have to go again. We well, we march on, I guess. Uh, another home game and another London opposition. Arsenal at home, Saturday the 16th of April. That's uh, again a three o'clock kickoff. Um, this this is interesting. This is because after such a heavy defeat, you do want to bounce back. But it's it's how the confidence is after the such such a heavy defeat. And me, you know, when I was doing my prediction, it's kind of like surely it can't get any worse. But the way that we're feeling and the way that we're playing at the moment, there's a possibility it could. I mean, do you think we are going to have a, have some sort of response here? No, I don't. I think we're going to limp home the rest of the season, unfortunately. I think once we got that FA Cup loss, uh, just going to limp on, limp on in and get back to about maybe seven, eight more points. We're currently 13th, so right about there. Maybe, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. That's not what I want to hear, and I'm sure that's not what everybody else wants to hear. But, um, Arsenal then, coming up. What, what are we going to get with Arsenal? Uh, so Arsenal right now sitting in fifth place. So they're fighting with Spurs. They're fighting with West Ham. They're even fighting with United to get to that last Champions League spot. So they're looking at a couple of major injuries, one of which is Kieran T- uh, Tierney uh, alongside Thomas Partey. Both of them are out for the season. So scary things to think about who are two of their main stable main players within it. And, so what do they have? What, you know, what are they looking at? So you've still got Ben White, you still got Gabriel, uh, and then you've got the great, the great, the great Cedric Suarez there <laughs> playing right back, slot, slotting in for Tommy, who, for whatever reason, his injury is, that's a complete, that's a complete story on their side that I hear about from my, uh, my Arsenal friends. So, you know, what to think, what to expect, what's going on? Uh, they played Zaka left back this, this post recent game where they just lost to Brighton. I think that sorry, Jaka, yeah, not Zaka. No, thank you, Jaka. Yeah. Uh, I get, yeah. I got confused then. Yeah, they did. They played Granite Jaka at left back. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and they had Tavares on the bench. So, mm. you know, what are they thinking? What's going on? They lost to Brighton, so they're going to come out and they're going to want to be firing. So, uh, we're going to be their bounce back game, just like they have, uh, <laughs> just like just how it was for Chelsea with us. And it's crazy to think about, but. No, it's not. <laughs> we're no, no. we're going to be able to play them at home. It's going to be not the best. It's not going to be the best game at all. And uh, I'm I just really don't want to get uh, drubbed at this point because when they're playing a lineup that you know doesn't have a tr- you know while Lacazette can be fairly decent, he hasn't been. He's not going to be their focal point going forward uh, with their within their team. So you still got Martinelli, you still got uh, Martin Odegaard, who is really coming into his own. Mm, scored, uh, yeah. You got Saka, you got Smith Rowe. Still, yeah. there's still a lot of threat. Yeah. Yeah, there's still there's still the threat there, and that the talent is just more than what, what we have. So they're traditional four two three one. They're going to be very similar to uh, something like that, and hopefully we can expose them, whether it be with play, players playing out of position, maybe like Xhaka. Cedric maybe not having having an off game, or Lakonga who slotted in as well, who is young and could have uh, a blip here and there. But it's going to be tough because they're young three that they've got with Saka, ESR, and Martinelli. They're they're good, and I'm I'm scared scared going forward. One thing I will say about Arsenal is that you look at their their eleven on paper and it looks very very good. It looks like it's got threat all over the place. But they don't seem to be very deep. So when you go beyond their starting eleven, their bench is very young and inexperienced. And 
or you know even if it isn't an experience it's not anything to worry about yeah uh, absolutely. He says. <laughs> so it's in they did a good they did a, they did a good job getting rid of their deadwood and the last piece of their deadwood is nicholas pepe right now so he's way too high of a signing hopefully they can, for uh, from their perspective hopefully they can get something back from him and then you like you said you're looking at the remaining part of their bench el neni nino chavarez eddie nakedia like it's not it isn't deep it isn't deep so are we going to get catch them on an off day? No, they're going. <laughs> that's not that's not happening. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you now, and um, that that's why I've um I've gone for the prediction I had. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, it's going to be a loss, and I, it's also going to be because I mean the way that we created chances or lack thereof against Chelsea, I can't help but feel it's going to be the same again, and I don't think we're going to score, um, and I think Arsenal will, and I think it's going to be. I think it's, I'm going to go for a 2 0 Arsenal win. Yeah, I think we're going to be able to find some mistake that they'll have. Now, it's a matter of us being clinical at that point in time. Will we be able to get something? I think it's, it, it's, I think it's a more, better than 50% chance that we'll score one, but it's a much better than 50% chance that we're going to give up two and for my prediction being 3-1 loss. Well, at least that's a goal. And as long as you don't score first and just get turned over, then yeah. There's the, you know, there's, there's hope. There's, there's more hope. I'm feeling more hopeful about this game than I was against Chelsea. And that is coming off the back of a 6-0 home loss. So that says something. Uh, Alex and Kevin, I'm still waiting on their uh, predictions. Okay, uh, so we'll uh, go into extra time then. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, And thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, then uh, extra time. Thank you for sticking around. Tough one this week. Um, so we'll start with the predictions then. And after the Chelsea game, uh, Alex stupidly went for a draw. So I don't know. Alex, are you, are you trying to let me catch up with you? Because I really do appreciate that. Um, and us three went for Saints wins. Uh, excuse me, for Chelsea wins. So we scored two points each there. Um, but uh, nothing has changed on the scoreboard. Alex is still bottom on 30. You've gone two points clear of him now on 32. Um, I'm on 39, and Kevin is still in the lead on 47. Um, and the Discord, uh, not much has changed from that either. Alex still at the top on 25, followed by me and Scott on 17. Uh, then it's Tony M on 16. You, Tim, are fifth on 15. Uh, not very slim, Jim, also on 15. Uh, Kevin is on 14. Tony A is on 12. Colt on 10. Fred is on 6, and Dan still yet to score. But I will say that Dan has only you know, just recently joined this Discord predictions thing. But uh, I'm still going to read your name out because you're there. Uh, Super Six, uh, ra- two rounds. Round 49 was won by Stephen Allen, Colin Carter, Anthony Dark, and James Mitchell with 16 points. Um, and round 50 was won by Kevin Jewell and Stuart White with only seven very low scoring week. Um, overall, yeah, Tom Hennigan is has a six point lead over Colin Carter on 406 points. Uh, fantasy football then, Tim, how, how did you get on this week? I'm um, sitting on 30. I think average right now is 28 with the games going on with Norwich and Burnley and West Ham Brentford going on. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, so I've still got the, the two Liverpool players plus, uh, Cancelo. So, They'll pop up a little bit here and there. I don't, it's not going to be a, the best of, not going to be the best of games. Sun's basically coming in hot with 21 points. 
I did oh, not you got Son in him. your team. Oh. I did not captain him, though. Uh, it was debated between him and Sokka, and I thought Sokka was going to do something special against Brighton, and that was a mistake. Well, he picked up a yellow card, so... <laughs> yeah, something special. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, I've I've still got... Well, I've got 26 points, Tim, so I'm two, uh, two under the average, but... I say but, I've only got two players left to play, and that's Mo Salah, who's my captain. Um, and Kyle Walker, so that that is it really for me. Not not too good. Uh, Kyle Walker Peter's got me zero. Uh, sorry, minus one, which was uh, which was terrible. Um, and Rafinha got me ten. That was my highest scorer. So I, not not that well. Uh, how's the league looking now? All right. So in that number podcast uh, league right now, why me? Why not? David Phillips sitting at to- total points, t- two thousand one hundred seventy six. Bob Brown uh, with 2,171, uh, a name I cannot pronounce at all. It looks like IU is the name, one of the name of the player or the one of the name of the teams, and that's 2,157. Closing in from there, Chris Bonner, Lucy Hynett, uh, James Copeland, Harko Sumnar, Josh Parkhouse, Jamie, uh, Jamie Thorpe, Arenio Five, and closing out the top ten being Southampton Delivery and Mitrovic. Well done, Southampton Delivery. And well done, Tim, as well. Yeah, I can't pronounce that name either. That's why I let Kev do it. <laughs> uh, out, of the, out of the four of us, I'm sitting up. Uh, I'm sitting in 20th right now. i got to keep scrolling to go through to find. Uh, yeah, all right. Yep. <laughs> and, oh, yep, Don't... keep going, scrolling. Scroll. Oh, there we go. 49th, <laughs> Payne and Diaz. Yeah. Uh, that would be that would be you, Ray. Yeah, forty nine. Uh, how many? Um, forty nine. Uh, one hundred and fourteen people. Okay, well that's all right. It's mid table ish. <laughs> uh, yeah, just below mid table. I'll take that. Again, um, if you appreciate what we do, and this this has taken us a lot to come on this show. Don't forget, Tim. Right, Tim's on his holidays, uh, and he's stopped to talk to us all about a six nil home loss. Um, so, yeah, if you if you appreciate this uh, and you think, do you know what? I think we need to buy Tim a pint. Uh, then please head over to our buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. It will be really, really appreciated. Uh, and next week uh, we will bring you the action from the Arsenal game. Uh, and we've got two previews as we hit the road to face Burnley on Thursday, the 21st. And then our trip to Brighton the following Sunday on the 24th. So... From me and Tim, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Sports Social Podcast Network.